we are back, uh, and aren't we excited about it? The first season for Neil and myself of Generation Barn was just fantastic, and the response from you, uh, the listener, was absolutely unbelievable. So we're itching to get back uh, into the studio and, and record a few more episodes with some amazing guests from across Australia who will teach us a few things while uh, our relationship hopefully continues to grow. So we hope you can join us uh, with, uh, with the, next, uh, the next step of our grand adventure. What you're about to hear on episode one of season two of Generation Balm is a conversation with an amazing woman. Katerina Politi's son David Kasai was struck and killed in a horrific one-punch attack on the Rye Foreshore in 2012. David's legacy lives on through Katerina's tireless work. The impact of David's death on his friends, family and the wider community is immeasurable. But how do we change attitudes towards one-punch attacks? These topics and so many more are discussed in this heartbreaking, however, extremely enlightening conversation with our special guest, Katerina Politi. We really hope you enjoyed the episode and thanks for tuning in again on Generation Balm. Well, uh, Neil, here we are, back for season two of Generation Balm. Um, we've taken a bit of a hiatus for the, uh, the past few weeks. Um, not sure how you've spent your time. You've been vacationing or holidaying. Oh, I've just been getting smarter for this. <laughs> it's been my plan. I don't know where it's worked too well. I don't think it's worked at, at either end, really. But um, I think just recapping what we spoke about in the first season, um, what we're probably aiming at uh, on this show, I think we're just having some pretty good conversations. I feel like we made a few inroads, but there's plenty more inroads we can definitely take. Yeah, well, sometimes we don't think the same. No, 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 that's 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 the thing. We'll try. That's the whole point of it, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. We're supposed to disagree. Well, not really. But it's it's good. It's been a great um, a great few episodes of discussion. But I think we're we're here to have some really really uh, good discussions where we're learning, and hopefully a few other people are learning as well along there the way. There are so many things in the world we want to change. Are we going to do it by <laughs> the podcast? Maybe we will. Oh, we'll, well, we'll have a go. It's not well, not change. Improve. Maybe improve, I yeah. suppose, but we've probably got different perspectives on what we what we need to improve. But. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, um, I suppose uh, we should probably just crack right into it because we've got another wonderful guest uh, in the studio. Uh, her name is Katerina Politi, uh, but generally I just ask the guests, um, how would you describe who you are and, and what you do? Um, thanks, Will and Neil, um, for having me on your debut back. Um, I'm primarily a mother, um, a mother of three children, and um, I lost my son David to a coward's punch um, just over five years ago. And as a result of that, we started Stop One Punch Can Kill um, to make people aware that you can kill someone with one single punch. I never thought that for a second you could kill someone, but I learned the hard way with losing David. Um, and also, the um, when David was killed, um, I was watching the news and a mother came out of the courts and her son's killer, he was a father of two, was killed in the same way and his killer got five years minimum and an eight years maximum. 
And I thought to myself, his life was worth more than five years. David's life is worth more than five years. And then that's how we started. Um, with a, a heavy heart, um, you know, to bring about awareness and some change. And mm. our voices in the suburbs, we thought we would never be heard. And luckily the government heard um, our, our voice of change for tougher sentencing. And we started getting out there in the community with some presentations um, to clubs and schools uh, just to highlight that one punch does kill. Mm. I suppose mothers are always the, the best to ask, but um, can you talk a bit about what type of person David was? Yeah. Um, I don't think I can sit through this. No, I, I saw I, that I, beautiful. <laughs> I saw that beautiful piece of vision. No, I can sit through it, but it's um, it's tough work. Yeah, he. Um, oh, you know, mum's a biased, of course. <laughs> But he was a really amazing young man. Um, he was 19 days short of his 23rd birthday. And in that short 22 years, he lives, lived life. Um, he had just come back from three, four months in Europe with his mates um, and his girlfriend and so many others. Um, had the, the time of his life. He also went to New Zealand and bungee jumped jumped out of a plane, he just lived, lived life. And um, he was caring, he was, everyone just migrated to David. Everyone wanted David, his phone was forever ringing and messages. And, um, you know, he was, he was a popular young man. He was a landscaper. And in five years of working, he took one sick day. Um, so anyone I'm sure would love to have had him employed. Yeah, it's um, um, there. That, that's that's the really interesting part of it. You know, like such a decent kid is did all those things, and then you go, well, surely the people who do these sorts of things, if they had a chance to think about it, they wouldn't do it again. So clearly, that's what probably your now your your life's about making people understand how can you change that, whatever you're thinking, whatever that attitude of this ridiculous coward punch stuff, like how, how do you make them think about, okay, what's going to happen from this? What are the consequences of this? Well, how can I stop myself from being a dickhead and going out and want to never fight for the sake of what never fight, which clearly is what happens. And that, so where do you get to with that? Is it, is it just education? Is it? I mean, you, you talked about heavier sentencing. We all know that 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 probably makes you feel better and us feel better, but it ain't going to help the bloke too much. Whether he's in jail for one year or 80 years, he's still stupid. That's you know right. what I mean? Like it's a, so what, what do we do to make, make a change, to make sure that the next woman next to you is not going to suffer like you, the mum's not going to lose his child for this absolutely pointless thing? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's so much that can be done. Um, you know, we, we can't do it by ourselves. I can't do it by myself. But if everyone does a little bit, um, you know, the the one, the idiots who think that it's going to be fun to go and punch someone like what happened that night, you know, if they rethink really that nothing is going to come out of it and if no one ever speaks about it, if I didn't get up and speak about it, things will, everything will just keep happening. Um, you know... 
the tougher sentencing, at least he's off the street. Oh, no, I, I, get you know, I understand the tougher sentence, the, but that, that, that's it doesn't right. solve your problem. It doesn't solve it. I'm still in the same yeah, situation. Yeah, exactly. um, but we're going to have some type of deterrent. Yeah. Um, this is what's going to happen if you think you're going to kill someone. Mm. Um, and if there's no deterrent, nothing, again, is never going to, is going to change. You know, t to think that how much more dead does someone have to be? Yeah, no, I accept you know? the, the greater deterrence, but the, the real power will be in changing the behaviour. That's right. So, you know, if that can help change behaviour as well, that's one thing. You know, my story, David's story, and our loss is is hopefully is going to hit a nerve with someone, um, be it a, a brother, a father, a sister, a mother of a child that is behaving badly. Um, they can recognise that this behaviour is not good. Um, it's, it's destructive. It's destroying their own life. Um, they're, you know. In school, they're not coping. In maybe they're playing sport and they're not coping. They're behaving badly. So, if this behaviour can be recognised early, maybe um, you know action can can happen. They can get help themselves. Um, the, you know, the families can help them. Well, that, like my guess would be, a lot of these people, some of them, would have. Bad example shown at home. Like they, they wouldn't have good home lives. Maybe that's why they do it. Maybe they do feel inadequate because their parents belt them or whatever they do. That's or they, right. Treat them. And again, I'm only guessing here. Um, but I'm sure there are some examples of people who actually have a pretty good home life, but they still behave this way. Well, how can we intervene there? I know that from my own point of view, and I'm involved in footy clubs, mm. and we do an enormous amount of work on. What's acceptable behaviour within the club? What, what what do you live by? What's important to you? How do you? And almost certainly, you'd say that very few of the people in our footy club would behave that way outside because they now they say, well, I, I don't do that because I have respect for other people because I know what the the outcome would be. I'm in deep shit if I do something stupid like that. And they've been through it, but they, ours is a small percentage of people who are very lucky to be in the position that they are. That they are. But I would guess that even William, who plays footy in the amateurs at the Q Footy Club, I reckon nearly all those kids, they would have been educated within themselves to know that that behaviour is not acceptable. That's right. Yeah. So that's so I've, I've accounted for now eighty people. There's only another five, four million to go. So how do how do we? I mean, it's well, it's, it's got to start at home. Yeah, clearly, clearly. It's got to start at home. We can't. No, you can't push it off. Or it's the teacher's responsibility. It's the, the government's responsibility. It's the club's responsibility. It starts at home. It's it's reinforced in the schools and in the community in general. But it starts at home. And these days, everyone's shirking the responsibility across the board. That it's not my fault. It's their fault. We don't have enough money or socioeconomic. I mean, these people that. Have come to the, you know our country and grown up in not so rich circumstances, and they've excelled. They've excelled. They haven't used their bad experience to go out and hurt someone. They've used that as a catalyst to 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 thrive and to grow and to be. Um, we've got some top people in Australia who have come from bad circumstances. So what turns them into using that as a positive and and improving themselves to the other person? 
using it as a, as a negative and, you know, behaving badly. Yeah, certainly. That's, what is, that's, that's intrinsic behaviour, isn't it? That's they, right. People haven't got it in their families, they haven't. And I suppose that's where I, I'm assuming you're doing a lot of work in schools. That schools are at least the places where we get to talk to them without perhaps the, the family influence, if the family influence isn't necessarily good. Do you have much luck with that? Um, we look at, at the schools, we don't deal with, with families at home, but hopefully if someone is struggling, we say, you know, say to the, the, the audience, you know, understand what your, who you are, what your body's doing, what your body's telling you. If you, and, you know, if you're not coping, if you're not happy, if you're aggressive, you know, there's someone out here in, in your school environment or at home environment that will help you. Um, that's what you, your mates are there for, not just to have a laugh and have a good time. Your mates are there when the, the going gets tough and to say to someone, you know, I'm not coping or there's a, a social worker or a teacher, there's always someone around to listen and if you can't talk to your family at home because that might be part of the issue, seek someone out that will listen to you. Or do, do we have enough of those people in the school? Is, is there enough access to the welfare person or the problem. social worker? I suppose the problem with um, particular schools is, you know, they're, they're from areas where they're probably not enough funding those areas or the yeah. money is spilling out elsewhere. While you have schools of advantage where they're probably turning the shot, like it's been illustrated how important mindfulness and that sort of thing is. Um, so perhaps some schools are discarding that as, uh, you know, keeping kids centred and, and focused and probably more stable um, for Putting the uh, resources elsewhere. Yeah, that, that, that can happen a lot. You know that you know the schools are stretched mm. in all directions. They there is expectations on schools to do to be everything to everyone, and they can't. Um, you know, I heard in the media the other day that parents are, are going to the schools and saying, "You can't treat my child like this for misbehaving, whatever the reason is." And it's it's like it's become so political that you can't discipline, you can't say the wrong thing, you can't this, you can't that, that, you know, that could be their lifeline. Mm -hmm. You know, like in, in sporting clubs, you know, people play football, sport for whatever reason. It's a social escape, it's the, um, it's to escape bad situations at, at, at home, you know, and at the amateur level, that can make, and even at the, you know, professional level, that can be the difference to someone thriving and becoming someone, you know, that they're really going to be yeah, happy that's, with. Yeah, personal connections. That that's right. Cool. That that yeah, coach cool. that spent an extra five minutes with them or mm. that president that listened to them, that can be, you know, um, the difference in making and breaking a person. And that's a whole big commitment at a volunteer level that I think is under underestimated in the sporting oh, world. Oh, and, you know, people will play to become professionals, but people might want to play just to yeah. to get fit for the friendships, whatever it might Absolutely. be. And, and that means a lot in, a, in Australia. You can't underestimate um, the value there. But, you know, there's got to be the support across the board in the community um, and where funds are being mm. cut left, right and centre. You know, there's got to be a bit more support. But at the end of the day... People have to recognise, you know, I don't like who I am, let me get some help and, you know, and, and it's across the board um, with all 
you know, whether it's you know, family violence, whether it's street and social violence, whether it's mental illness and things like that, there's, there's help out there. Well, yeah, but, and the big thing is it's the, the earlier um, we can sort of interrupt that of those forces, the better, because you get kids who probably go through thinking it's okay to react with violence, getting to the stage where they're you know, 25, 30 and they haven't reflected on the fact that this is not a good thing. That's right. Or this is not the way to be. While at 15 or 12 or whatever in that early stage, particularly for young men, having that uh, sort of, I suppose, an example or something where they've picked up that it's not not okay to react with violence when we're feeling threatened or feeling insecure or whatever it is. So yeah. where, where, do you, where do we reckon we get that modelling from? Like These people, certainly, let's go specifically to your case, where the guys who are involved Left, left the scene saying, well, that's what we came to do. That this, where, where is it modelled that that's okay? That, that it's okay for them to go out and be rough and tough and I'm going to do what I say, mm-hmm. I have a fight and belt someone up, I'll feel better. I mean, I don't know where, I don't know where that's modelled. Maybe, maybe I'm walking around with my eyes shut, but is that modelled in, what, the TV shows that we see? Is that modelled in the footy that we watch? Or, I, I'm not sure that it, it is, but clearly someone's picking up, well, this is okay. See, see, you see it maybe through certain eyes. Someone else will see it who might have a bit of a warped idea of what's right and what's wrong. You say, oh, yeah, I can go out and do that. So it's, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint where it comes from, but I think it's the interpretation of the individual that will see it in their way and think, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can go and throw a punch just like... Yeah, it'll be okay, obviously. It'll be okay. Um... You know, so it's, and I think as Australians, we love, um, you know, the mateship and all that, but I think we thrive on that, um, some, that feeling of, you know, I'm going to react in a way, it's going to be fun, but there's a, there's a real consequence to it. Um, and even in sometimes, in, even in the language we use, you know, I'll just knock him out. Oh, just punch him in the face yeah. as a as a throwaway line, and it's used a lot in the media as well. There was an issue last week with one of the stations that there was an ad that came up. I'll punch him in the face, and it was a for a legal company. Now I reacted to that, and it was probably yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of normalising punching someone in the face. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and if that's the attitude we're going to take, um, oh yeah, I'm angry in the car. I'm just going to road rage. I'm going to go and wind, you know, smash their yeah. window. And if, we, if that's our, the reaction with verbally, how we, how we react to something, well, that's going to also be translated into yeah. actions. Um, I'm not a psychologist. It's just I've learnt a lot in the last five and a half years. I've learnt the worst thing I could ever have to learn. Mm. But I'm just trying to use it in a way that um, hopefully, it, you know... And, and I think we know that, that prohibition doesn't do anything. Telling people don't do it. It doesn't stop it. Somehow no. we've got to educate people as to why they feel that way and therefore not do it. And then, and then I've, I've been sort of wrestling with this over the day. Hey, well, where does this all come from? And then you realise that in 1945 we just finished World War Two, and we're that proud of the Australian soldiers because they fought whoever they fought, and that was hand-to-hand combat. They killed each other, and we, so we recognise how good that was. Wasn't that a wonderful thing that we actually stood up for what we needed? And, so not that far away from that being normalised behaviour. Yeah. And I'm even thinking back to when I was a younger bloke. Like if, if someone someone actually 
challenged you one of the fight. Well, you, you had to fight him. Mm. And that was, so that was okay, the fight's over. That's it. But that's no longer okay. The bravery is we know to walk away from the challenge of right. having to fight. You're in the street and someone, someone wants to have a go at you. You don't stand toe to toe and want to fight him. You go, you convince him that that's not a good idea and you're not going to fight. Which can be... Like, and, and that's we have to say that to our, our footballers here, so if something happens, well, isn't, well, if the guy's trying to whack me, surely I can whack him back. No, 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 you can't because you will be held responsible. That's all about outcome rather than say, so, but that's what it is. The bravery is not being in the fight. That's right. And it's not because of the one punch stuff, but it, it is why it's, why it's called a coward's punch usually is because the people who want to do that sort of stuff are suffering doubts about their worth, suffering anxiety about who they are. So if they punch someone, they feel better about themselves. That is a coward's punch. So right. it's not that far, the behaviour's not that far away from what was in our lives. So that's why it's probably hard to change in some ways. But and then you go into a normal family situation, you'll know the mum and dad will say, well, no, that's not what you do. So we've got to have there's more normal family situations and more ways of making people realise that you've just got to control that. And then, then if you are a young, particularly young men compared to young women, it's mostly young men who have the problem. Therefore, it's probably that psychological testosterone-driven thing that happens and then all of a sudden you take too much alcohol and you lose your control of what you're doing and then you become a dickhead. That's and then you're likely to have a fight. So all those things are the things we're fighting, aren't they? That, which is, you just, it's, all, it's a matter of recognising where you are in all of that and making sure that you don't become the next person who ruins someone like you, like you ruin the life, don't you? So just to cut in there, do you think um, the stereotypes for young men, uh, young boys looking up to older men are toxic and dangerous, uh, like in terms of looking on TV or in football or in music? Do you think that's part of the issue or is that more of a, uh, a symptom of you know, toxic masculinity or something like that? Oh, look, you know, sometimes it's the bad boys that, and the bad people men or women get the most recognition mm. um, and they've, they've got the most recognition so they're going to be, have the most followers um, you know and that's uh, you know and with the, the advent of all the social media all the videos that are available um, I think it's just going to become worse um, mm. you know using whoever they are as their role models and that's not going to be good for our society yeah. long term um, you know and they will model their lives on you know those bad behaviours um, yeah I suppose it's not necessarily the truth about that role model what they're showing on their social media account isn't exactly might not be exactly how they behave in their normal in their, life that's a they persona just, that they yeah. have yeah but it's um, it's there but some people again is they're interpreting that person mm. to be in a particular way when they're, they're not. Um, you know, with families and things like that, more and more is a problem with the, the, the gadgets, electronic games. The conversations in families are breaking down. Mm. You know, there's, I think it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. Um, so already we've got a lot stacked up against us. Mm. Well, that's the thing that's, uh, I think it's been spoken about, the breakdown of society. Um, comes through the breakdown of communication and connections and communities. That seems to be, I'm, again, I'm no psychologist or anything, but that, that's one of the reasons there are, there's a big massive rise in depression, mental disorders and that sort of thing. And 
I suppose connected to that is street violence and social violence. That's right. Now, the excuse that um, David's killer gave in court, his defence, was, oh, he's come from a divorced family. Mm. Well, you know what? David's come from a divorced family. And when his life depended on it, he didn't throw a punch. So, you know, that really insulted me when they said that. And they'll use anything to grapple, mm. you know, at a lesser sentence than that. But, you know, that was the excuse that they, they used, that he's from a divorced family. Um, so you can't start making excuses, and we are making excuses in the courts. You know, I've got mental illness, I've got this, I've got that, and it's failing across the board. So somewhere we have to start being tough, you know, with, with the penalties, being tough with, you know, um, at home with our children and, you know, ensuring there's rules and there's structure so they've got guidelines because mm. if there's no guidelines, if there's no free-falling, they're just going to fall into big problems um, mm. and we can't expect the police to fix it all or the government, as I said before. So um, no. something's got to change. Yeah, I think there's one uh, guideline, I suppose, that socially I've seen sort of come in over the past few years is just the, the general don't be a dickhead mm. um, at festivals and out the street and all that. Like, don't... Don't, be, don't do things that are going to make people uncomfortable. That's right. Uh, don't harass women. Don't punch, you know, that sort of thing. So I suppose as a guideline, do you, do you see that as like an yeah. indication that we're moving forward a little bit? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and it's the few that spoil it for everyone else. Mm. You know, it's uh, that makes us feel unsafe or that we don't want to go out or whatever. Um, and I use that, don't be a dickhead. You know, pull your head in, stop behaving badly. Mm. Um, you know, because, you know, we're not looking for a cure to, for cancer. We're not looking for a cure like MND in recent times. Mm. We're not looking to find, you know, $20 million to raise. It's so simple. It should be so simple. Oh, um, but we've made it the, so complicated uh, with so many factors involved that, you know, it's, you think, are we going to achieve um, some type of safety in, a, in our community. I don't feel safe going out. I very rarely go out on my own. Um, you know, so we should be able to go out. Men, women, yeah, the equally. Yeah, it makes us a bit xenophobic because we, like, you don't trust other people. Yeah, most people you can, but we exactly. don't know which ones you can, which ones you can't. Yeah. So that's why it's all... You know, like so. one night I was out with a friend and... Um, was shortly after Dave was killed and she took me to the city to a show and there were some young boys coming towards us and we just I just grabbed her mm. and I thought, have they got good intentions or bad intentions? You know, you just don't know. Um, and you shouldn't feel that way. Um, you know, so we've got to keep the conversation going and, um, and it's not good enough for us just to jump up and down once a year because... Um, something else has happened in the community. Mm. We've got to actively think, and it's, it's unfortunate, but the more we do, and if we all do a little bit, that's, you know, an easier, um, I mean, a, an easy way to get to the a, a yeah, solution. I, I said there's an ad on TV recently about treatment of women, and it's this bloke on the phone, he's, he's, he's yes. unpleasant to his partner. And I'm just that pleased. <laughs> I don't. 
I'm pleased to see it because it is, it's such a simple thing, a simple message. And I think, well, that, that's a million miles away from a bad thing. It's just, you know, not, not quite right. But right. Um, the fact that we're attacking that means maybe we got a chance with this stuff. Because this is really, it's very primary behaviour, this, isn't it? Like you say, okay, where do, where do I fit with this? Is it okay for me to go out in the street and want to fight someone, want to punch someone? Well, bugger me, for everyone, the answer's no. Exactly right. <laughs> there's a lot of people clearly who it's not quite no, but who are they and how do we get to them? So how many people can you speak to to make sure you speak to everyone to say, when you're thinking that, don't be thinking that. It's That's not a right. good thing, because ultimately, in reflection, they will say, no, she's right, I would think. And if she's not right, we've got no hope with that person. But I don't reckon there's many of them. Yeah. There's probably a lot of ones who are usually pretty good, and on the odd occasion not. And then this is the awful thing that can happen to you and to them because of that. Maybe I'm being too kind to people, but I, I, I get the feeling that that's, that's the message that's got to be got across, yeah, isn't I mean, it? That that it just could happen to everyone. That's right. Don't make, well, let's make sure it's not you. All you've got to do is, you know, don't... Don't be a fool, don't drink too much grog, don't take ice or whatever the hell it is, or don't take too much this, whatever those things are. Because again, my problem is, I've never seen any of those things, so I don't think they exist, but, but I know it happens. Yeah, it does. And, and you being the same boat, all of a sudden now you've been exposed to it for all of the most tragic reasons, but now you go, well, this stuff does happen, what can we do with it? That's right. And you know, that family violence offender could be the street violence offender. Uh, that totally. front fence isn't totally. going to stop one not totally. being the other. So we yeah. could be dealing with the same person who's got that aggressive behaviour in the home and out of the home. Um, women have been statistics as well in the mm -hmm. coward punch statistics, and primarily men. And also, it's not just men in their 20s. It's um, I've met a lady, her husband was 55, well-known up in... Um, um, Shepparton area in the footy, he was killed by a, a teenager. He was 55. Um, so yeah, it can happen so. to anyone of any age. Um, you know, a, people... The doctor at Box Hill Hospital. That's right. Yeah. You know, I, I had to go to Box Hill Hospital a couple of weekends ago. My ex-husband was in hospital that morning and we went to the cafe to get a, a coffee and I walked past the foyer. I just, I just thought this is where he was killed. Mm. It was just too close to home. I just struggled that in that moment there with my daughters and all that. So it's never far from my mind. It, I live with it every single day. And it, this wonderful, talented doctor um, is no longer here. Um, you know. So. But, but it, you it do wonder happen. about what's driving it all. Like it, and this is a little political. But when I when I look at the US, and I know the gun lobby is a very strong political lobby. But so you listen to their president, who should be the smartest bloke in the US, but he's probably not. He says that what we need to do is have more guns. If everyone's got a gun, it'll be okay. It's a bit like saying if everyone learns a bit of learns to fight, it'll be okay in the street because we will be able to fight back. Yeah. Now, like that's completely the wrong answer to both of the questions. There's no doubt. I mean, more guns is not going to stop people getting killed, mm. which is not about that. But the principle of, well, we're not prepared to change the bad stuff to make sure it works. It means we're up against it to a degree. Now, we're not up against that here. Fortunately, I think Australians see things a little bit more clearly than, uh, than that part of the US. Yeah. But what? How, how do we ingrain this more is what we've got to... We've got to yeah, we've just got to, you know... Until it becomes a norm, until we, we, you know, 
if our reaction, if there's a reaction, like I'm just going to punch him in the face or I'm going to get out of the car and when that, those reactions stop then or start changing, we're getting closer. And, you know, we're not going to know um, if we've, if, whose lives we've, we've saved, you know. The only way we'll know if we're making an impact is maybe the crime statistics that we'll see assault against the person maybe coming down. Yeah, so that might yeah. be... Somehow what you've got to do is encourage people to say, why do I feel this way? Why, why, do, why am I feeling that? Why am I likely to go and do this? What, what am I thinking and feeling? Isn't that somehow we've got to, that's right. we've got to get to that, you that know, point? You don't say, don't do it, because no, everyone knows don't do it. That's right. That's, yeah. What's in that person to make them react yeah. instead yeah. of, um, you know, thinking, oh, it's not worth it or whatever it might be. They just think, well, you know, that's not me anymore. Um, yeah, and if right. I can help change one person's attitude, exactly. then... I've done what I can. I've got no doubt you will, and we're going to try and help you to change more than just one. Yeah. It's, um, it's very you. worthy. You know, just quickly, um, I, I at the schools and clubs, I, I say to who who knows what Google? Did anyone use Google? Slightly at hand, and I put my hand up, and anyway, they all put their hand up, and I say, Google's a great thing. You know, we learn so much from Google. I said, but anything good or you bad you're doing and is reported in the media, you're forever in Google. Mm. And I said, unfortunately, my name will be in Google, David's name will be in Google. I said, but the bonus is the perpetrator will be in Google. Mm. And I said, years ago, you'd be able to leave the town, mm -hmm. go into state, go overseas, start a new life. I said, but you'll be forever in Google. Mm. And I, I said to them, be remembered for the 100 goals you kick in a, in a year, for your ATAR score, Whatever, as you don't have to be remembered in Google, that's fine, but just re be remembered that you will be remembered, you will be remembered in Google, yeah. and um, that guy will be forever remembered in Google. If he has children, um, where did you spend your 21st, Dad? Well, I was in jail. Mm. Um, his prospective employer. So people don't look at the, the long term. Consequence and well, of course they don't. If they did, it'd be okay. And that's, that's our right. job. Make sure they do. So anything that out. I can use to get them yeah. to rethink, um, you know, at another session a few weeks ago, there was you know, there's always a kid in the in the audience that's a bit silly, noisy, the the class clown. Well, there was one boy that was being a bit silly, and at the end of the session, the boy next to him, he was in tears um, with, you know, with the whole thing. And it was so great to see this terror having his arm around his mate and walking him out, trying to, you know, comfort him. And I thought, oh, my God, that yeah. is just fantastic to see that. Um, and that's what we need to encourage, that, those good behaviours. Well, I mean, the, the thing that you mentioned with that commercial about the social group pulling the guy up who was on the phone and talking to his, presumably his partner so terribly, is it does start with the social group, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it starts with your immediate yeah, group yeah. of going. If you're if you're hanging out with a bunch of blokes and one bloke's like da da da, let's go out and whack someone tonight. You immediately pull him up. At the very least, that's hopefully getting a message across to one person or one friend that that's not okay and that's definitely not acceptable. That's right. Hmm. Yeah, and and that's just got to continue across the board. You know, you know, in in the homes, in the sporting fields in the friendship groups, in the martial arts as well, you know, because that's mm. used 
fists are used for the wrong thing. Well, as, I mean that, you know, in, I'm in, intrigued by that too because you think that those people, the discipline they have to show that, and the, all the image that is shown, like generally about it, is that they are disciplined. They are totally respectful of their what they can do. I mean, you'd think that those people would be the last people that you'd have no, a well, with, which is quite sad. One of the perpetrators was a professional Mai yeah, Tai that's, fighter. That's terrible. That's um, terrible. He should have known better. Oh, he does know better. And so do the Mai Tai people. How do they not teach them what 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 to do and who they are? To be fair... I'm sure they do. I think they I've, I've watched UFC before, and it makes me very uncomfortable. I can't watch it. Um, and I know Mai Tai is definitely not the discipline, it's not about the discipline you'd hope is about the fact that this is the, the only emergency situations. But when UFC is sort of glorified as a blood sport, do, do you ever think about the UFC as something that should be, would banning it be better for um, your movement or the social movement against street violence? Um, or is look, that. Uh, look, people can follow what they want to follow mm. um, and if it stays in the ring and there are people consenting and I hate it mm. but I'm not going to say to them they've got to ban it yeah. because you ban it and then they'll do it yeah. on the yeah. streets maybe that's right. um, yeah. so I don't like it I cringe I, don't, I hardly watch any movies because there's always violence in movies mm. and punch scenes and I love the Bourne identity but I don't watch it anymore because it, I just can't watch it um, I watch all the renovating shows now. Um, so, you know, do it, but, you know, the government backing that they give them, it's like a carte blanche to, for violence, and I don't agree with that. Mm. Um, so, and people have died. There's been, you know, fighters that have died with, you know, those martial arts. Um, but they've got to know that it's not acceptable and... Um, more can be done maybe in those areas to educate them to say no, you definitely... Yeah, I, think, I must admit that prohibition doesn't ever do anything, but I don't like it. I no. Think, what, what we're going to hope for is that all the people don't like it and don't watch it. And don't attend them. Don't. They want to fill the MCG or something with it in the year, later yeah. on in the year and yeah. hopefully people don't attend. But that's the that's the mentality of, of our culture that love to see that BFO, love to see that blood and guts and, and yeah, well, violence, there is an what argument. is it in them? There is know? an argument that seeing it means they won't do it too, possibly. Possibly. possibly that's their appetite is satisfied by it, but that's why um, well, stopping people doing things doesn't, it normally doesn't yeah. actually happen. I suppose some, yeah, some people, um, it's like the gladiatorial, yeah, which doesn't necessarily justify it at all. But for some people, I suppose that's channeling that internal adrenaline or the, the need to have a release. Um, but for other people, it could be something that fuels yeah. violence down the track or that's is, right. is and condoning in, in, it. And as in, the, in their interpretation, that's okay to go do it on the street. Mm. But it's it okay. definitely wrong. You know, not there everyone. Are, there, yeah. are, there are other ways to attack it rather than prohibition. There are better ways out there. And it's simply individual attitudinal acceptance of what they do and if they do bad stuff they should be in deep trouble but, um, that's right yeah it's, uh, it's just tragic yeah I I, I, I want to go back to the, the video um, 
I watched a while ago, but Neil and I uh, watched um, earlier in the lead up to this interview, um, and actually recording the original, uh, which I think it's produced by a good friend of the podcast, Vinny Petrelli. Yes. Um, but what was the process? Did, did uh, friends of David come to you saying, let's make a video or start a movement, or was it from you saying, let's... Um, Let's, let's start this this cause. Um, well, it was initially, as I said, that me watching the news mm. and seeing that, um, that low sentence and then realising that, you know, wow, you can kill someone with one punch and then speaking to friends and family, that's how it all kind of came about in the lounge room. We didn't intend to, step, to start Stop One Punch Can Kill. We were going to do it with another group but it didn't work out. They never contacted us back and we thought, oh, we've got the date in December for a rally. We need a name. And then in the lounge room, my daughter came up with a fist and stop on there and the logo kind of developed from that and we had Stop One Punch Can Kill. So there was already, um, I think, Step Back Think in the, in the mix with you know, anti-violence messaging but it didn't work out with them, and then we thought, okay, and then we just got the traction. Um, then with the video, um, uh, Vinny wanted to put something together with Jack and um, Jack Wright as well, and it, they organised it all and organised the filming. It's just, you know, low, no budget, um, as I said before, heavy heart, um, and hopefully David's story might... Um, change someone's attitude. Wow. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I play it at every presentation. I can't, wa I don't watch it, mm. but the voice, the music, and there's one bit in particular that it just brings me undone. And but it's but, important. Yeah, that's the power of it. I you guess. know, it's it's a beautiful story of David, um, and you can see from the video of. Who he was, um, but also the tragedy of um, of losing David, and you know he deserved to be here still. Well, I'm a bit of a soft heart, but it certainly impacted on me. I wasn't. I was sort of just wanting to find out a little bit about you, and it was um, very, very powerful. Yeah, very and we're very proud of tragedy. you know with the little resources we have, um, and I'm you know. Do I really want to keep doing this? Well, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, but, you know, I'm, David's worth it. Oh, really? Um, you know, he's definitely worth it. Um, and as I said, if we can save one person, you know, not only losing another person, but that perpetrator destroying their life. Well, that's um, right. Yeah. You know, there's got to be better for them. And, and, and I said, so if no one starts talking about the subject, nothing's ever going to change. Um, so, and then another video Vinny did was one punch, a one coward punch affects us all, and it does. It's the it's not of the families, it's the paramedics, the police, the the court people, you know, everyone that along the line, yeah. you know, the the hospital staff, the, you know, it's perpetrator's family. Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing that's just occurred to me is that. The power of this is that if if we can influence people to recognise what this is, 
it'll stop relatively normal people doing something very stupid. Because a lot of the really tragic things that happen, you know, some of the offences that happen, some of the people who get killed, you know that kind of happens with people who are, have got a problem, they're not quite right, it's, a, it's hard to manage, but you know that it's sort of inevitable. This is not inevitable. This is only inevitable if you don't recognise who you are with it, because it's not who you are all the time that actually does the cowardly punch. It's who you are once in a blue moon. So that that's kind of, to me, the challenge of this, is that it, it's helping people, normal, regular people, who do normal, regular stuff, not to be stupid the one time that they might be. You that's know right. what I mean? Like, that's, that's kind of... That's what I've been... I mean, there's something in that I'm thinking that this is... Can we do something about this? Can, can you know? Like, and I know you're trying to, and it's yeah, just it's, it's almost talking to everyone and saying, you know, if you do this, this, and this, what do you think about it? So you might do this. You don't really want to do that, do you? And I reckon they all say, no, I don't really. Well, bloody well, don't. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's well, a, it's a thing. It 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 can. Um, Joe Joe Blow, the average person, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, who's you know. Drunk too much, or the drugs, or out and gotten angry, Just whatever. Just a shit mood, or uh, yeah, and, yeah. and reacted um, in a way, and their lives. Absolutely. You know, yeah. um, but you know, and is this is it? There is, there is an end. That we can see an end to this type of violence, yeah, right. but we will have to do our little yeah, bit we to, do. to do it. Yeah, and, very, very um, as I said, it's not. Like we're not looking for a cure for cancer. Um, but then people have to recognise who they are. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose the, the question of um, for young men and young women uh, is finding, you know, finding themselves. Um, and I suppose one of the things that people who probably respond in this way with violence is they're uncomfortable in their own skin, or or they're uh, anxious about something, or they're you know anxious in general, um, and they take it out on on someone else um, instead of actually maybe if they had the ability to go to someone and say, this is a part about me I'm not comfortable with, or this is that, and showing that vulnerability, maybe that would... Um, so what a brain to record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes people might want to talk to someone, but they don't have anyone to, to support them. Their families mm. are in a mess. Um, the friendships aren't real friendships, mm. um, but you know, whether it's at a sporting club or at a school or in a social group, whatever, there is someone that, that you can turn to. Um, and sometimes you don't know. It's like that "Are you okay?" day. You know, there's that that one thing that you might say to someone that will help them, and um, you know. And, and just being kind, you know, and generous with your support. It doesn't cost us anything. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's that. It's, it's giving support and seeing, finding these people as much as these people finding us, isn't it? That, that's the bit we can do. Yeah. But, you know, there's yeah. a lot of self-help, you know, with yeah. the internet. Oh, my God, so much self-help. Uh, whatever, you know, reading and things like that. But sometimes uh, it's just too hard to, to find that. Um, but, yeah... We so all the, yeah, the serious point is that we can act, we can be that person for that other. That's right. That, that person is is the other important point. You know that night yeah. instead of you know um, you know the guy 
crossing the road and hipping shouldering David and you know saying do you want to fight um, and you know David keeps walking what someone in that group yeah, could have said yeah, yeah. And yeah. instead of going yeah. over and participating yeah. Yeah. and punching David's friends who were trying to help him they could have said no yeah, let's get out of here but yeah. it was um, Preaching the converter there, yeah. Katarina. Mm. Yeah, Katarina, that, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we usually end with a, a few, just a few questions about the central truths of life. Um, which I suppose I'll ask you now, but it has been such a powerful um, chat, and I really do appreciate. I'm sure Neil does as well. Yes. You coming in, um, but the questions are: uh, What makes you happy? Um, seeing my daughters excel, living their lives, um, that they're happy, the best that they can be. Um, yeah, renovating my new home. That <laughs> <laughs> can't make you happy. Oh We're doing the same. There's no happiness in that. <laughs> you know, getting shit done. That's David's motto. Yeah. Getting shit done. Um, he was always getting things done. and. His memory makes me happy. Um, what do you hope for? Um, to feel a sense that people are listening. You know, we don't want their money, that they're listening and changing what they can change. Not what other people can, what they can change. And then we've got to start from there. I think that's the perfect way of um, finishing. No questions. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> finishing the episode. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Katarina. Uh, that was, and thank you, Neil, for another episode. Um, and hopefully, this yeah, people listen to this and um, you continue your work because it is invaluable. And um, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. We're actually just we're just a promo. We're having a Sunday fun day in November, the eighteenth of November at. Um, a venue in the city, um, El Coco, okay. and it's just a day that we can get together and um, have some fun, and, and that's what it's all about, socialising, having some fun, um, having some special guests and comedians and things like that, so hopefully um, it'll be up on our social media, Facebook page, Stop One Punch Can Kill, in the coming weeks, and get some support and fill the room, and um, yeah, just to... Have some fun out of all this tragedy. I'll be there, I can guarantee you. Yeah? Oh, thank you. Well, we'll share that on our page and uh, we'll link to the video and everything. And yeah, please like uh, the page. Um, uh, Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for your time. If you'd like to stay in touch with Generation Bar's future episodes, give our Facebook page a like. Um, We'd love to hear your feedback as well, as always. We've got plenty of incredible guests uh, coming up throughout the year. But thank you so much for listening to this episode and rejoining us on Generation Bar.